0: Hey everybody, Uh, before we get to episode 46 of The Mendoza Line in the first episode of season 3, I just want to issue a uh, sincere apology if you received upwards of 100 episodes of Mendoza Line, uh, anywhere from 2 to 3 copies of each previous episode in your podcast uh, app or uh, subscription service, or however it is that you'd listen to the show, if that happened to you, I am deeply apologetic for that. We switched our host for the show from Squarespace to Anchor due to a lot of boring and unimportant reasons, but somehow in the transfer from Squarespace to Anchor, the episodes all got not duplicated, but triplicated and sent out uh, on the RSS feed. And the irony of all this is that by transferring the host the way that we did, it was supposed to be the easiest way so that you did not have to resubscribe to the show on a new feed. So in our attempt to make it easy on you, we uh, may have spammed you terribly. And I just want you to know that I'm very sorry um, that that happened. And if I could take it back and do it another way, I would. Um, But it is what it is. So hopefully... Uh, We have not lost your subscription. We have not lost your uh, input to the show. Because we've got a whole new season of baseball right around the corner. And, you know, it's time to get rolling. So here's episode 46. And I promise now we have the hosting situated. uh, It's not going to be a problem in the future. But one quick note as well. Because we're using Anchor, if you choose to listen to this on the Anchor app... You will be able to call into the show, leave a voice message, and then we can play your voice message on the show and respond to it, which is just super, super cool and hope that you can take advantage of that feature this season. So enough for me. Again, I apologize. Glad you're still here. Let's talk about some baseball. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 46 of Mendoza Line in the very first episode of season 3. My name is Cam Brennan and I am very excited to welcome my very good friend, the long-lost Nick Coates. What's going on, dude? Hey
1: Cam, uh, we've uh, finally graduated at the terrible two-phase of our podcast. <laughs> I've heard three is worse, actually. <laughs> Moving on to the thrashing threes portion, but... Yeah, good to hear you. Good to hear from you. It's been a it's been a long, long winter. We're still in the the last stages of it here in Northwest Ohio. I've relocated since the last time we officially spoke on this podcast, but spring is just around the corner. We're less than three weeks away, so that is very exciting.
0: Yeah, I I, I'm proud and happy for you that you have survived yet another winter, Nick. See. All things pass, and you are about ready to uh, dive into uh, another season of of your true love, baseball.
1: Well, I would say that my wife is my true love. <laughs> See, good job,
0: Nick. I'm testing you.
1: Just in case she does listen to it. But yes, another season of baseball is upon us. Um, as Jimmy Fallon Fallon said in Fever Pitch, you know, baseball's there every year. Never let you down, even if they're in out a game. Guess what? They make it up to you the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, here's to um, you know, on a personal note. My Reds have been pretty bad for the duration of our podcast, so I'm hoping that this year, yeah, I have some more positive things to, to talk about. So, uh, we'll see. I guess um, your Tigers, on the other hand, are, I guess. Uh-huh. on the- on yep. the down end of things, but they're probably have made the correct decision to to move on and get younger and move on to the next uh, generation of Tigers baseball.
0: It's going to be rough, man. I'm I might I might have to choose a different team to <laughs> hear. not like not long term. I'm not giving up on the Tigers, but just to give me something positive to look at in baseball, other than our you know weekly chats, but you know a team to uh, follow that at least, you know, is fun to watch and and has a a fighter's chance because there ain't no way the Tigers are making the playoffs. It's just not going to
1: happen. No, not when you're picking first in the draft this year because you were the worst team in the league last year. And, yeah, when you didn't really make any moves to get better. So, But like I said, this it's kind of the the new era of baseball, too, (laughs) once you reach that. Cycle where your your core has gotten old and expensive to to move on through the draft and uh, internet sign international players and build that new um, next phase of young young expensive players. Now the, the Tigers are in a little bit different situation because they first of all they can afford to to add payroll if they wanted, so it may not be as as long as a team like the Reds, but you are still paying. Several players quite a bit of money anyways, so um guys like Zimmerman and Cabrera and Martinez are still gonna be there some longer than others but yeah so. well but
0: yeah. i will, I will say this Nick quickly uh you did you did survive your your the winter of your discontent, but uh your beloved baseball they didn't really give you a whole lot to to get excited about this off-season, did they?
1: No, we um, we didn't really plan You know, what we usually plan on recording an episode or two in the off-season and, you know, life happens and... Well, like,
0: the winter meetings
1: came and went and
0: there wasn't a whole lot to...
1: Right, and I moved and started a new job and, yeah, and but, like, even without that, there wasn't really much to talk about. It was a s- stunningly quiet off-season and has definitely brought up some questions of uh, the business model of, in baseball in the future for free agents, um, which is really interesting. So, I think there's going to be some long-term ramifications from that when you look at just the the lack of movement. And you know, within the last couple of weeks, there's been some more some more actions. Some players have found some teams, but when you look at when you look at the market, and you have a guy like JD Martinez having the year that he had last year and struggled to get any sort of long-term offer, you know, he takes a a deal with the Red Sox. Um, But, you know, in the past you see seven, eight, nine year long deals. And I think he got like a three-year deal. Um, And you have a guy like Mike Moustakas who turns down a $17 million qualifying offer at the beginning of free agency because he, you know, he he hits 30 home. 38 home runs last year, expecting to, you know, be able to get a longer term deal for, for more than that. And, you know, just within the last week, he finally resigns with the, the same Royals for $6. <laughs> six and a half million dollars with a mutual option for, for next year that, you know, barring catastrophic injury will probably be declined and he'll be a free agent again, but it's definitely um, not looking good for the players Uh, And the CBA moving forward, if that's going to be the new norm for free agents.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I'm no expert on baseball economics, but to me, it seems that anytime you see those, you know, those giant nine year, eight year contracts for 150 or uh, 180 million or whatever it is, that's just ludicrous. I mean, you look at anyone on the back end of those deals and they don't even most of the time deserve to be in the big leagues anymore. Or at least getting
1: paid what they are. Like, so I oh, think cool. I think it's a bit of a market correction, and and that there are way more quote smart teams now than there used to be. Yeah. Who don't throw the money around, um, and then you've got the the luxury tax is a it's not a hard cap, but it's mm-hmm. a there are quite a bit of penalties when you go over that threshold and. You know, the teams like the Dodgers and Yankees are kind of right up against it right now. And, you know, the Yankees made their big move earlier in the offseason trading for Stanton. So that didn't give them much wiggle room to really add that without, you know, if they go over that, they start losing draft picks. And um, it gets pretty, you know, that the tax on top of that is pretty substantial. So then you're left with you know, players who see those outrageous contracts that were signed in the past and they expect those to go up and the owners are like, no, yeah." you know, especially when those, the bigger market teams can't. And, you know, a lot of the middle to smaller market teams, half of them are rebuilding anyways, aren't going to sign anybody. And the other half can't take that on that financial commitment because it can cripple cripple them forever. And that so, I think it's a combination of both of those factors and the lack of movement that we did see, that we did see, but, you know, it's tough to feel too sorry for the the owners, I guess, when a lot of their franchises are worth billions of dollars and, you know, the players it's, you know, I can feel for them too, but six and a half million dollars is still a lot of money. So, and at the end of the day, it's, it's a game. Of baseball, You know, there's no one, no one's scrapping for pennies who who gets to play Major League Baseball. Now, minor league's a different story. We've talked about that in the past, but it'll be interesting. You know, baseball historians, you you know, within the the last 15, 15 years, there's been unprecedented labor peace. You know, you look back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, all the strikes and lockouts that were. You know, it seems like every single time a CBA ran out, there was some some sort of work stoppage. And I think the fear is, you know, the the owners won pretty big in the last CBA, and if they don't um, give some concessions or something doesn't change by the the time the next one comes up, there's going to be a much more difficult negotiation because the players aren't going to want to have this continue. So. I mean, you still got a lot of good players that don't have deals. I mean, Lance Lynn is a, a pretty good starting pitcher. I mean, he's no Max Scherzer or anything, but he's had a successful career, and he just signed a one-year deal. Um, I think it was yesterday. Jake Arrieta, who was arguably one of the two or three best National League pitchers the last two three years, just signed a deal with the Phillies.
0: Yeah, he won the Cy Young in 2015.
1: Exactly, he did, he got a three year deal. So I mean, the the money on it was pretty substantial. I think he still got seventy some million dollars, but Gosh. I think there's going to be a correction in the the length of contracts, um,
0: which I think is a smart move. Oh, absolutely. Those.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: like, especially don't get me
1: when wrong. you see the number of contracts, like you said that you know you may sign a player for 7 years and the first 3 or 4 he's good and then he's just an albatross the last 3 or 4 then you know there's going to be some correction in that yeah
0: so i mean that that's obviously something that we'll see over the coming years uh,
1: how many years are left in the current cba do you know um that is a good question um I'll have to look, look that up, and maybe we can clear that up next episode. But, I mean, it's, we're just – I think we're, like, in the second or third year. Um, so we're probably not even halfway through it yet. But um, I'll have to look that up. But part of it, you know, the model with the service time, you know, signing and drafting young players who you have control of for – six plus years at an affordable cost is the way that teams who can't function or compete with the Yankees or Dodgers, that's how they are able to keep their core together for a long period of time and not, you know, control costs to a certain degree. So when that's the model, teams are going to try to accumulate as many good players in that window as they can, which means, you know, cycles of competitiveness. Mm -hmm. because most of the time when you're winning, you're not drafting super high. You're not able to, you're investing in the major league team and not in the international signings or, you know, you're not picking high in the drafts, You're not spending a ton of money there. And you're, you know, you're spending money on keeping the major league team good. Well, as you see, like with the Royals this year, when all their free, all their core players become free agents, Lorenzo Cain goes to the Brewers, um, Hosmer goes to the Padres, you know, they're able to bring Moustakas back, but you But know, that's they're, because they're, no one
0: else wanted him.
1: Exactly. And the and the Royals are not competing for a World Series and their farm system has been completely depleted. So you're looking at multiple years of building that back up. So you know, and I don't I don't think Royals would Royals fans hopefully would not complain that they got two World Series appearances and one championship out of that. Um but, you know, you look at teams like the Reds and Pirates and, you know, the, Ray, the Rays are kind of on the beginning, you know, selling off some of – so you have these small market teams that uh, that can't compete and have to, you know, accumulate talent in that regard. So, so it's a combination of factors. I don't think that – I don't think there's collusion where the owners are, have all gotten together and have said, you know – don't offer players contracts for more than two or three years because first of all, that's highly legal and they would lose (laughs) a ton of money if they were proven that they had done that. And uh, I think a lot of them are too competitive anyways, you know, to, to do that. But I think combination of you got a lot smarter front offices who look at statistical data now and make decisions more with, those facts and looking at that, then, you know, the hot name on the market, throwing money at them to get everyone excited. So, so we'll see. And, um, it's, it's interesting to see yeah, uh, if that's, if this is just an abnormal thing this year or if it's going to be different now, you know, next year we're looking at Bryce Harper hitting the market. Um, so I think that's gonna I don't think that's gonna affect him as much when you're when you're talking about superstar players like that, but um some of the more middle tier free agents it's definitely gonna have an impact on them, and I think that those qualifying offers are gonna be a little bit more appealing now <laughs> that, that guaranteed money if you know they're gonna have trouble finding that the bigger money on the, the open market. Yes, we shall. uh, We shall see. But as you said,
0: the market did correct itself. So we'll see if it swung too far or if this is
1: the new normal. Um, You know, it'd be interesting to see in the long term
0: how it goes. So,
1: right. So, yeah. I mean, I would be very disappointed if this um, results in some sort of you know labor stoppage. I think it's. The 2000, so yeah, 2000. This was ratified in the end of 2016, so it's for the 2017 through 2021 season. So, you know, yeah. we're looking at three more years of of this. So, I mean, it it it's coming. So, there's going to be an interesting in how how they're able to find a, I guess, a consensus or ability to. I guess make both sides happy. So, I mean, you're looking at here. Baseball is doing very, very well right now. I mean, it's it may may not be as popular as football, but it's doing very well for itself. People are going to games. Um, part of part of the fun of um, having a DVR now is I've been recording some historical things on from MLB network. And I I watched a documentary. It's called the 10th inning. And it was about the, the, the mid nineties when the players went on strike in 1994 and in August. So they ended up canceling the world series, which is just, I can't even imagine what the fallout from if that happened today.
0: Wait, there was no world series in 1994.
1: I believe so. That was the year. Yeah. So they the players, went, <laughs> the players went on strike that year, and they ended up, you know, they didn't come to a resolution. They up canceling the World Series that year. That year, that year, the the Expos were in first place in the NL East. Um, of course, they were. It would happen to the Expos. exactly, and um, so they they're talking about how the Expos were never the same after that because you know, the game was very unpopular. The the owners lost a ton of money. The players lost a lot of following a lot of, you know, popularity with, I mean, they're basically saying that, that it was, it was just, it was the, um, you know, Cal Ripken, that whole idea was a big part of kind of bringing baseball kind of out of that and restoring a little bit of popularity following his consecutive games played streak. But, you know, it took them a while to restore the goodwill of uh, the fans who pay, you know, work hard for a fraction of what the players make so they're not going to feel a ton of empathy and and the owners even more so that something like that happening again is only going to negatively affect the game. So hopefully they're smart enough to figure out. Out in three years, so that something like that doesn't happen, but people are greedy, so we'll see. (laughs) This is true. But so, yeah, I mean, in the past month or so, things have picked up a little bit. Um, You know, I I alluded to it early, but some of the big moves obviously are way in history now, where the Yankees getting Giancarlo Stan to pair with Aaron Judge, which is Kind of hilarious, Uh, (laughs) those two playing in that very small stadium. Be interesting to see how many home runs they hit. So,
0: well, so is are they going to rotate at right
1: field and DH? You think? Yeah, I would. I would would think that that would probably be the case. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure Stan can play some left. It's not like. Left, I mean, left field short, he doesn't have a ton of ground to cover out there. Um, that's a fair point. But, yeah, I mean, that's – the Yankees have kind of re, returned to become the evil empire that they were for so long. So definitely a favorite uh, for the World Series this year. Um, Shohei Otani picked his team. That was a, a big deal. Um the Japanese phenom, who their teams because he was under the international signing rules because of his age, where you know teams only had a certain amount of money they could sign on him. So, you know, this guy probably would have made, gosh, hundred million dollars if he was a true free agent and ended up signing for four or five with the Angels. So, worked out pretty good. Pretty good for the Angels, I think. Being able to play with Mike Trout was a big appeal for him. Um, and a few other the big moves, J.D. Martinez ended up signing with the Red Sox. So Rich get Richer there, pretty good sign, spot for him as well. It's going to be a really good lineup. Hugh Darvish signing with the Cubs, I think, was a, a really good move for the Cubs. They I, I probably weren't expecting to sign him at the beginning of the year, but when the market played out like it did and he was still available in <laughs> early January and probably – they were like, well, I mean, if no one else is going to pay him, <laughs> we will. We will. So, and then uh, Eric Hosmer going to the Padres, so the Padres are beginning to kind of ramp up and and go for it. And then a couple big moves for the for the Brewers signing Lorenzo Cain and then trading for Christian Yelich. That's going to also be a really good lineup to contend with. So there were some exciting things that happened, but. I think those were some of the more impactful moves. Uh, you're forgetting. You're forgetting
0: one very key move, Nicholas. What's that? Tim Lincecum to the Rangers. He's back. The freak oh. is back.
1: He has not been the freak for.
0: Hey, six I can. Six years. Okay, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I can be excited about this.
1: I read a whole story about it. It was really interesting. I'm just surprised that yeah, he's he's coming back. He's unless he had some sort of arm resurgence or something. I he's kind of been toast for a while.
0: Well, I, so like the article I read is that his his fastball is only in the lower 90s, but he's apparently, you know. Like mentally and emotionally, like ready to do this again, um, yep. and has good enough control over. You know, he's not going to be blowing by guys anymore. But apparently, he has enough control. Um, again, that the Rangers are obviously willing to take a shot on him. So,
1: I mean, I guess he probably signed for a minor league contract, so it's there's not a ton of risk there. But it, exactly, and that it's would be very. To... Uh very surprised if there's impact there. Speaking of that, um, Ichiro <laughs> signed with the.
0: Yes, I wanted to talk about this. He's back re-signed with the
1: Mariners, so yeah, that was interesting. He's it's his it's his victory lap. Come on, it really. I mean, it's a great story. Yeah, he, uh, he got quite a big motor er, ovation today. The Reds played them in the spring training, so I mean that's a good story for them, but. Not sure how much again baseball impact that that's going to have, and so a couple other moves, I guess, of note, um, which I don't necessarily know. I mean, the Giants traded for Evan Longoria and they also traded for Andrew McCutcheon, so five years ago, great moves. Coming off of a really rough year, I'm not sure uh, that those two are gonna make a ton of difference uh, in the long term. So uh, it definitely I guess probably makes the team a little bit more interesting having those having those two names on there, but again, regarding moves that probably aren't gonna be super impactful for that coming season, I'll probably put the those two in that in that box.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't know that Longoria got created. I knew that McCutcheon did, but I hadn't heard about Longoria.
1: Yeah, the Rays are basically saying to all ten of their fans that <laughs> any any player that you like, except they, they still do have Chris Archer, but any other player, um, yeah, we're going to get rid of them. So hopefully you still come out to our games. <laughs> So yeah.
0: They need to bring back Rocco Baldelli, that's what I say.
1: One of my favorite things from this offseason was there's some social media initiative with the Rays uh called the Rays Tank. Oh boy. <laughs> so I'm not really sure if they thought that through or not, but they are they're tanking in some way <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I I will not uh, be paying too much attention to them then. They will not
1: be the team that gets me through the season, Nick. No, I would I would definitely not pick the the Rays. So, were there any moves that you particularly thought were of note? Or,
0: well, yeah, I mean, I remember when Stanton, or, and that was so much earlier than everything else. But yeah, when Stanton went to the Yankees, that was a he- because especially considering Miami had sold like everyone. You Know, like, you know, uh, what's the phrase, anyways? They built the new stadium and then they traded everyone away and everyone got mad, but they kept Stanton, he was like the one guy they kept. Um, and, and tough, so I thought
1: tough off season to be a Florida baseball fan,
0: yeah. Well, it's usually pretty rough being a Florida baseball fan, but um,
1: well, and the thing was, they didn't get much back, so a lot of people with conspiracy theories thought Jeter was uh.
0: Yes, he was part of an ownership team just so he could tank the team that he bought only to make the Yankees better. Yes, that makes so much sense. Billion-dollar conspiracy. Yeah, also chemtrails are real. What else? Um, So, yeah, I just thought that was a huge huge move. Obviously, it's the Yankees. People love to hate them. They really haven't been the the hateable evil empire for a while. I think this move helps. I think if they get Harper in the next offseason – if they can somehow swing that, like, that just solidifies them as, you know, everyone loves to hate them again, and they'd be a lot of fun to watch. Um, that, uh, I did, I, I love the Ichiro move back to Seattle for obvious reasons. That's just great. Um, and then Darvish to the Cubs, I thought, was a uh, really big deal, especially since, you know, Arietta has now gone on to Philly. Um, it just gives them you know, a new guy to kind of rally around. And their starting pitching did need help after last season. So, you know, I don't think you Darvish is the best pitcher in the league, but he certainly is not the worst. Um, And like you said, if no one else is going to pay him, they might as well bolster what, you know, was a ailing roster last year. So, at least uh, starting lineup, that is. So, those are, like, the, the ones that really stuck out to me.
1: Yeah, I... I really like what the Brewers did offensively. I mean, Kristen Yelich is a, is a really good player. You know, his contract is affordable and I think that makes him even more valuable. You know, he's not a, he doesn't have the impact of someone like a obviously, but putting him in the top of the lineup and that, I think he's under contract for five or six more years at a fairly affordable price and signing Kane, who, you know, he came up in the Brewer system. Uh, just the the credibility that he brings. I think you look at their lineup and they have a good mixture of veterans and young guys that they're going to be a really good hitting team. The only question I have with the Brewers is that, you know, their pitching is just um, leaves a lot to be desired for a team that, you know, is seemingly going for it and the moves that they made. So, you know, it's not like they completely ham- hamstrung themselves. You know, they traded the, – the guy they traded to get Yelich, Lewis Brinson, you know, you probably – Yelich is a little bit safer, you know. You're not going to have him quite as long as you would have Brinson, but it's not like you're creating a massive hole there. But I'm a Brewers fan, you know, and you got Chase Anderson, Zach Davies, and you know, Hulis Chastain and Brent Suter, you know, as your top four pitchers right now. I'm, I'm not feeling – I'm feeling good offensively, but, you know, pitching is important too. But they're – I mean, they're definitely going to be a fun team to watch. I mean, that lineup is going to hit. There's going to be some runs that are put up. Um, But just thinking of, you know, teams that are on the up and up are going to be interesting, I think that's one. Um. I, well and they gave
0: they gave a cub the Cubs a run for their money for the central last year up until you know towards the end of the season. So I mean if they can do that with the pitching they have and add some offensive pieces, maybe that's just what they need to get over the hump you know
1: Yeah and I, I mean I think they caught they caught a lot of people by surprise and had that really good start and then they, they faded a bit <laughs> you know and sometimes it's hard to, to sustain that when there's that pressure of expectation.
0: Yeah, that's but
1: a fair point. I've definitely experienced as a Reds fan. You know, they they won the division in 2010, and then the, the next year, I mean, with pretty much everyone coming back, it's, it's almost like the expectation was too much, and they had a terrible year. And injuries have a big part in that too. But um, it's no sure thing that they're going to be able to compete with them. But you know, I think that they, the moves that they made help them will help them sustain. And you know, it's, it's going to definitely come down to pitching for them. Uh, again, but yeah, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll be able to get into a more extensive preview of some of the teams that we like and we'll do our yearly divisional picks probably in a later episode, but um, yeah, I mean, just to sum it up, I guess the off season was was interesting in that regard of how, how little there was until really February and even coming into March here you're, you're looking at several players that still are still looking for a team and it's just been so so surprising and such a storyline this year because um, it's been such a course correction from you know the last 10 15 years where we see all these massive contracts go out but but it's it's fun fun fodder for podcasts like this and for for networks and stuff, but the season never really goes like we, we think it will in March and that's what's so great about it. Um I think there's some definite favorites. You know the oh another move that was made, you know, you look at the Astros getting Garrett Cole and um to go with with their their lineup and rotation they already have. I mean they're gonna it's gonna be tough to say that the the Astros aren't gonna be there again in the end. Um,
0: yeah, that's I've forgotten about that one too. That's that's a nice little pickup there.
1: Yes, that is. It's nice that I mean, you're, and you're slotting him probably third behind Kykel and Verlander. So,
0: <laughs> so yeah, the pressure is not on him to be the guy. You know, he just needs no. to go out and do his job. He doesn't have to be the ace or anything or the anchor. He just has to go out there and, and pitch, you know, slightly above average, which he can do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yep, and and I think we're going to see this year too. You know, teams like the Reds and the Braves and a few others that have, you know, kind of been biding their time. I think this is the year that management and the fans are really expecting some progress. So there's some pressure there and, you know, but, you know, the Braves and Reds in particular, I think have the talent there, you know, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see if those young guys turn into consistent major leaguers, which doesn't always happen, but um, there are definitely some young, exciting teams, but there are some, there are going to be some other teams that are going to be pretty bad. Uh, they were looking at the AL Central. <laughs> There's basically <laughs> two teams that are going to be trying this year. So the Twins and the Indians, everyone else. Oh, gosh. It's yeah. going to be, it's going to be rough. Oh, the, the Tigers, the Royals, they're going to be bad.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm used to it, frankly. The, these past 10 years have been a nice distraction from reality. Yeah. But
1: it would, all be, right. it would be nice to see Cabrera have a resurgence. He he looked a little old last year. and I just a... don't
0: know why anyone would pitch to him. There's no need to. Yeah.
1: You know?
0: Anyways, that that's a topic for another episode, I think, because I'm
1: just. Uh,
0: should well, we call? We, it will there? Still,
1: we will still have fun things to talk about. Maybe you'll have to just take a, a thirty thousand foot view this year, <laughs> you know, and distract yourself. But you know, in some ways, I think I've said this before. Watching a team that you have no expectations for is almost a relief. Because it's, it's not like losing is, um, you know, hard. Costing you know, us
0: anything, yeah.
1: <laughs> difficult. You just, you, you kind of watch players and you watch performance and you, you understand that guys like Zimmerman aren't going to be there on the next good Tigers team. But um, you watch your young guys, you know, you hope Cassianos improves and um, some of the young pitchers, you hope Fulmer Pitches well. I mean, that's a guy that he could be on the next good Tigers team. But he could also, you know, if he rebounds and has a good year, he could he could be a huge trade trade asset for you at the deadline. Yeah. So I'll just have to I'll have to help you <laughs> remain optimistic by talking about the the fun young prospects that the Tigers are going to have and the first pick in the draft. You know, they're going to get a good player in that. You would hope so. Yeah, you'd hope. All right,
0: well, it's good to be back on the saddle with you, man. It's, you know, it is, and we've it's got been far
1: uh, too long. It has been. We've got a couple of exciting weeks coming up. We've got a uh, two fantasy drafts the next two Sundays. So we probably won't be, well, unless we could squeeze in in sometime else. But we'll have a full day next Sunday, and then uh, the Sunday after that as well. But that'll give us some fun stuff to. To think about and process through as we, yeah, we really start cruising here to opening day. So, part of the part of the new thing this year is they're starting the season um, on a Thursday this year in the end of March to uh, elongate it a little bit and add some off days, some more off days each month as, as part of the new CBA. So it, it's good that we don't have to wait quite as long. <laughs> you know April the season's longer great yeah <laughs> but i knew that you would like that but you know some years <laughs> we wouldn't start opening day wouldn't be till april 6th or whatever cuz that was the monday and it was just like the tor- the most torturous 5 days of it being april but they're not being baseball so we will have baseball in just uh, just over 2 weeks so that's that's a very good thing.
0: yeah All right. Well, if anyone – well, first of all, thanks for listening. Obviously, we really appreciate it. Um, But if you want to get in contact with us on Twitter, Nick is at Coatsie, C-O-A-T-S-I-E-E. I'm at Cam Brennan. You can email us, hello at supermegacorp.net. And just so you guys know, if you notice that the sound quality is a bit different on this episode, it's because we've moved this podcast over to Anchor. Uh, And Anchor is this really cool iPhone app. You should download it. It lets you podcast right from your phone. But the coolest feature of Anchor is that you, the listener, can send us a voice message that we can then play on our next episode and respond to. So you should totally get Anchor. It's 100% free and listen to the show uh, on Anchor or at least respond on Anchor. So we can put your uh, your questions, your comments, uh, your baseball stories on the show and share them with the community and also respond to them because that'd be really cool. So yeah,
1: that would be great. I expect Gary to be all over that, Nick. I'm just telling you. We may have to walk, walk him through Anchor. I I think he can. Well, we will do
0: that for sure because we need need some more Gary on the show.
1: Uh, Anyways, uh, anything else, man? I think that's it. Looking forward to getting back in the swing of things.
0: Indeed. All right. Well, until next time, goodbye. Adios.